We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Men from Moto. Digital strategies with Travis Sowers and David Seville. Intellect, vast, cool, and unsympathetic. Broadcast to the world with the uncanny help of Mana Deprived and FaceToFaceGames.com. Greetings, people of Earth. We are the Men from Moto, and you're listening to episode 54, Aggressive Urge. My name is David Seville, and I have Travis Sowers on the line with me this week. How are you, sir? I am feeling an aggressive urge as well, David. <laughs> How, uh, how's your week been so far on Magic Online? There have been ups and downs. I decided after I criticized Rivals a little bit, it, it actually reminded me a while back of a, a, a story I had when I was in sales. Can, can we do a little a little Travis story time? I love Travis story time. Let's do it. Okay. So a long time ago, I'm involved in the sales organization and I'm a salesperson for it. And the boss is always doing these like competitions between the salespeople. And I was easily crushing everyone, but I didn't care about the silly little prizes, right? Like I'm, I'm a salesperson. I don't care that I win, you know, a $20 gift certificate or whatever. Like I, I'm just there to get the paycheck and it's commission sales. So I'm not selling more so that I can beat Timmy. I'm selling more because I want to make more money. So I would always say, I don't care about the competition. That's not what matters to me because I didn't. Fast forward to 10 years later, I'm the manager and I'm now in charge of all these salespeople. And I've got one that's saying things like, I don't care about the competition, but they're not really doing that well. And I mentioned it to one of the other managers in the organization. And he said, Travis, it's okay to say you don't care about the competition when you're kicking everyone's butt, but when you say you don't care about the competition and you suck, it just means you suck. You have to go fire them. And they were right. That person just wasn't cut out for sales. They later went into a, a career in customer service and did great. I was like, I want to make sure I'm not that guy. Am I complaining about this format because I'm just terrible at it? So I sat down and did two drafts and three owed both of them. It's like, I understand how to do this. And I'm perhaps a bit unfair at Rivals it may very well be the worst limited set since Origins, but it's still magic. It's still fun. I did a draft today, which you were watching. It was a zero two drop. It kind of turned out awful. We're going to talk about that some a little later. Spoilers. But like the format isn't garbage. It's still magic. It's just like I think Origins was the last set that was as one dimensional for me as this one was. And I think that's fair. So it, the bar is pretty high for magic these days. Yeah, right. it really is. And that's that's a great problem for us to have. So how's my week been? It's had some ups and downs, but I've been playing Magic and I play Magic for a living. It's a great week to be Travis. That's good. That's good. So you have to absorb the losses. You have to like embrace them, make that your persona, and mm-hmm. then uh, let the, tra- the chat trolling uh, kind of take you in its wave of awesomeness. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a pretty good actually week myself. Um, I hit my new all-time high on... Uh, Magic Online for limited rating. I hit 1846. Nice. Uh, I know a lot of people out there hit 1900s and stuff, but uh, getting that close to 1850 has been pretty positive for me. Um, before, like as I've been progressing through my Magic Online career, you know, 750 or 1750 was a plateau, and then you know, and then I touch 1800, and then I go back down to 1750. Um, and then lately, my my floor has been 1800. Um, and I've kind of hovering around 1800, it seems like. So now finally I've been able to string a good uh, couple of weeks together. This format is actually rewarding me quite a bit. 
maybe I'm just really good at basic magic. I don't know. But uh, creatures and creatures and spells, right? Or creatures and, and removal seems to be the the trick for me. And uh, I'm uh, around a 75% win rate, 74 point something. Um, after my two one one twos last night, I was actually much higher than that. So this format has been rewarding me quite nicely. Um, and I uh, hope to, to kind of roll that out. And uh, maybe we'll hit 1900. Who knows? Seems to be a bit of a swingy format for me, at least the last couple of days. So we'll we'll see if I can get back to the basics and back to my three O's and two ones. We'll have to do a celebration when you hit 1900. That's a big deal. I'm looking forward to that. Even if I just touch 1900, just just tickle it. I, I got there in Shadows and it, it was amazing. That's probably why I like Shadows over Innistrad once. I think I peaked at like 1942, which was not particularly reasonable. Um, but my God, I have fond memories of that format just cause I couldn't lose. Yeah. It's like, like I have, so I have this, this chart that tracks my win rate over time and it has three lines on it. It has a rolling percentage over my last 10 events. So my last 10 drafts up to 30 matches and there's one for rolling 20 and one for rolling 50 and the, the rolling 50 is pretty consistent, right? It's, it's a couple of points above my, my lifetime win rate because I'm better now than when I started tracking. Um, and my rolling 20 is, is usually pretty consistent, but you can see the ups and ups and downs, but the rolling 10 is like a friggin' roller coaster. And you can see when I get into a bad format, like battle for Zendikar or something like that, like my, t- my rolling 10 win rate hits like 30%. And then all of a sudden it shoots back up to 80% and then down to 50% and then up to 70%. And it's just this swingy variable win rate. Um, and, and one day I would like to just get that to be consistent, but I don't think you can look at the the last 10, like you could win 10 in a row. I could win 10 in a row tomorrow and be 1900 easily. And we're having that celebration. Yeah. But um, yeah. Th- that's just, it's just, interesting to show the swinginess and magic and like actually getting to 1900 um is a bit of a feat because you have to be consistent enough to be around 1900 and then finally go on a run to go over top it's like winning a gp or a tournament or an Mm -hmm. online ptq like it you just have to string the wins together one right after the other so like the way that magic went for me today which was scrubbing out of a ptq and then scrubbing out of a draft I just need to do the opposite of that one day while I'm actually in a PTQ finals and we're good to go. Exactly. It's about, it's not about how many you win. It's about when you win them. It really is. It really is for rating and for tournament success. Mm -hmm. All right. So, I mean, this week we've already started our conversation, but uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about, um, well, well, you did a draft this week. You drafted an aggro deck um, and I had an aggro deck last night and it was really bad. Um, And, I wanted to maybe talk about that, about why it's bad um, and why it's very difficult to draft a good aggressive deck and limited. I think we've talked about this before, but maybe we can rehash it. And I know you have some thoughts on that in particular. I do. You wanted to talk about why you, why you figured out that you don't like this format or how, what is different about this format that makes it that, that you don't like it. And I think you made a very good point on your stream today. And I would like to talk about that. Yeah. I want to hit that uh, for sure. And then, and then I think that's it. I think that'll wrap up the episode. I think we got enough there. So um, let's dive right in. Okay. What do you want to do first? Can I can I babble about skill or do we want to sit down and, and jump into this draft? Let's babble about skill first. Okay. It was actually uh, Meta Nightmare, Zach, in my chat who came in and gave me this concept of skill expression, which he was using to relate to League of Legends, which he plays. Um, I'm going to translate it into Heroes of the Storm, which you and I have played, and explain it to the point that people who've never played any of these games can get what I'm saying. 
And I, I want to compl- compare the characters and heroes of the storm, Lily and Uther. So both of these are support characters. The idea is that you're a healer on your team and you're going to heal the people that are dealing damage and taking damage and that sort of thing and keep them alive. And the way that you do that with Lily is with non-targeted heals. So you push the Q button and it heals the person who's the lowest life total near her. The way you do it with Uther is by targeting them with a heal and then clicking the button. So you're deciding who to heal. Uther heals for more while Lily does it easier. Uther also has these stun mechanics where if you do it right, you can stun a member of the opposing team right as they're casting a big spell and really mess them up. Whereas Lily's mechanics are all these non-targeted things. So this idea of skill expression is there's some characters that let you express how skilled you are and show off while you're playing them, and there are others that don't. So if you have a really bad Lily or a really good Lily, there's obviously some difference between them, but it's not that much difference, right? It might like be the difference between a really good steak and a pretty good steak, because steak's delicious. But if you have a really bad Uther, it will wreck your team. And if you have a really good one, man, do they shine. Like, you'll be like, that guy was amazing. I want to play with him again. And I feel like that's kind of what we have here is it's magic and it, it's good because it's magic, but it, it it doesn't allow for skill expression in the same way that some other formats have. And I, I'm going to dig into this for just a second and we'll talk about it. The biggest reason for me here is one that we've experienced before, uh, specifically when we got into Return to Ravnica and Gate Crash, and that they're really like the draft is sort of on rails. That's that's probably the best way to put it, right? Like you can go off the rails and do other things, but because of the the tribal synergies, it's it's kind of trying to shoehorn you into these particular decks, right? Like I can't take a Merfolk Lord and then play it in a deck with a bunch of pirates and expect it to be particularly good. In addition, I do think the format revolves around aggro. Whether you're drafting the aggro deck or the deck to beat the aggro deck, nobody's drafting the you know, Burning Vengeance deck. Nobody's drafting the Drakehaven deck. Like these were decks that we've seen in other formats that kind of don't happen here. So I feel like you can't really express your skill in the drafting portion other than figuring out what's open or deciding I want to be aggro or anti-aggro. And then in the gameplay, the mechanics are are, are frankly just kind of there on the cards. They're very vanilla feeling. Like Ascend doesn't even feel like a mechanic. It's just this card does one thing at this point in the game and later it will do this, right? So I feel like that's that's what's happening here is that it, it's a low skill expression game that at the same time, it's also a format that rewards good technical play, right? Because the, there's less turns on average, so you can't screw up. If you do everything right and you hold up your instance and you use them properly, it can be very rewarding. And the wins that I had came from that. I just, I I mean, it it sounds kind of weird to admit to this, but I didn't feel like I got to show off. When I was drafting an hour of devastation and I cut green and then in pack two got a third pick ambuscade, I could kind of be like, look at me, I'm so smart. And I I don't really feel like I've had the opportunity to do that in drafting here. It's just kind of, oh, okay, they're passing me pirates. I'll go into a pirate deck or okay, here's a third pick strong vampire. Let's see what we can do here. So I feel like that's really what's missing for me here. It's it's not that skill doesn't matter. Skill absolutely matters. This is magic. It's a little more basic than I think I would like, 
but it's that I, I don't feel like I'm getting to express myself in the, in the drafts or the gameplay. It, does that make sense or am I kind of making that up? No, I, I think it makes sense totally. It's the difference between playing a sport recreationally and playing it competitively, I think. Uh, it's the same idea, right? Like you can you can go and play soccer with a bunch of people that are just playing for fun and they're drinking beer and stuff. And if you're a really good player, you're, you're either going to crush everybody and nobody's going to have any fun or you're going to dumb it down and you're not going to have any fun, right? Like, so, so there's like, you, you can't express yourself creatively without making everybody else feel bad, or I should say express yourself skillfully without making everybody else feel bad. It's the same in a lot of other things too. Board games, especially. Um, I'll play board games that I don't enjoy strategically um, because we're playing with people that don't play a lot of board games or something like that, or, right? or, I'm, or I'm playing with, uh, with my family or something like that. I just want to play a game just for the casual enjoyment of a game. I think there is a couple of places you can normally express your skill uh, in a game of magic. And the number of those, I think, like you mentioned, are fewer in this format. Um, there's there's a lot less tricks in the draft. Uh, I think you mentioned that there's 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 no build arounds. There's no off the rails decks. Um, and unless you're drafting the nut tribal deck, it's really hard to draft a, a gimmick. Um, you're drafting a couple of combos. Like you might get lucky and you might get a four runner and a needle tooth wrapped and you're like, aha, I got him. I got a two for one out of it. Um, but you know, a lot of the times you just end up drafting a chupacabra and because it's a solid card. So you're playing these solid two for ones, two for ones, two for ones. Um, but your opponent sees a lot of them coming or they can't do anything about it. So you're not tricking your opponent in the game. You're not out, out playing them in the game. You're just playing your deck. And so you you add all of those together, no opportunities for for cons- uh, creative deck building, you know, few opportunities to get your opponent in a game um, where where you can actually maybe three for one or something like that, or uh, you know, aside of this this the two for ones that are just printed on cards, it's very difficult, I think, to um, to play anything but straightforward magic. Yeah, and and that's not a bad thing. No, right? it's really not. And and I think we're like. It, it does sound a little hyperbolic, but, you know, when you when you're talking about skill expression, you know, there's there's kind of a, a, a bottom end for the bad players and a top end for the good players. And maybe that's 65, 35, you know, in in, in a in a high skill format like Hour of Devastation. But in a format like this, it's probably, you know, 55, 45 or like 60, 40. Like it's not it's not a huge difference, but it is enough to players, I think, like you. Um, and, and a lot of players out there, pro players, you know, myself included, um, that, that, that extra five or 10% kind of on the, on the top end really makes a format shine for you. It just, it, it, and I'm not saying that like, if you're winning in rivals, you're, you're not as skilled as if you were win- winning in our, I, I want people to understand that. Like it's, it's not a dig on, on the players or anything like that. And if you think rivals is the best format that's ever existed, I have absolutely no beef with you. I could see how people would enjoy that because again, it, it is very rewarding for like solid technical play about when to use a combat trick, when to let damage resolve, even though you have the the aggressive urge in hand, for example, because you don't want to get blown out. Like it, it is very rewarding for that. What I'm saying is I liked the idea that if I, I draft a set a hundred times because I'm going to, that I can go in a lot of different directions, right? Mm-hmm. And like I, I could do that with some of the previous sets and I really don't feel like I can here. So it's, it's really more about that expression, which honestly I didn't think was important to me. And I've kind of discovered something about myself as I played this and, and then came upon this concept because all I was able to say is it's not as much fun and I couldn't put my finger on why. 
And then hearing this, I was like, that's why I kind of can't be like, I'm so smart because of this. It's more like I drew these cards in this order and I, you know, held this combat trick in hand because of this and that. And like, but I I don't really feel like I get to show off or do something cool. Mm -hmm. I think one of the places where you can gain more of an edge in, in skill expression, especially is the sideboard in this format. For sure. um, drafting sideboard cards and knowing what to sideboard in and when, um, you know, picking up a crushing canopy over, you know, your fourth three or four drop or something like that, you know, to set yourself up for enchant removal and, and flying removal. That's 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 something you can look at doing and kind of try to gain those edges. The unfortunate thing is, is you only play two out of your three games after sideboard, right? You still have to build a main deck um, and, and there's not, you know, uh, there's just not much you can do there, right? Um Outside of gambling in the draft, which is something I have thought about, um, I'm not, I don't really have the stomach to gamble in a draft, but, you know, I think there's an opportunity for some players once they feel like they've mastered the format to try to force those shenanigans, you know, try to take, you know, explore cards and focus on the green black and hope you get lurking chupacabras and, and the other one in, in your, in your pack three. It's just those things don't come around very often. Um, yeah, they're uncommons they're uncommons and like a lot of the time where i'll see them in pack three and it's like oh man if only i had known i would have been taking green black all along and this deck would have been really cool i was thinking today i was i wonder if the format would have been better if the if the sets had been switched so we started with the cards and rivals as as our large set and then played uh the cards in ixlan as the as the small set um because it feels like there's cards that i hope to get in pack three that i never do and it would be so much better. I, I'm just kind of theorizing is that if I could have opened them in packs one and two and then pick up all the nice, the nice to have filler cards and, and lords in pack three. Do you know what I mean? So instead of gambling for the instead of getting the lords and, and the, the, the tribes in packs one and two, you'd get those in pack three instead. Um, and then that would have flipped the draft format around where instead of being a tribal format, it would have been maybe a gimmicky format with a tribal sub theme. Maybe, although I I feel like we were doing that in Ixalan too, right? It's just the lords were in different spots. Like there were plenty of packs where I'd open and take an anointed deacon because it was the strongest card, get past a bishop soldier and be like, okay, we're doing it. Mm -hmm. I I could sort of see it working with the idea that the lords would make it to the people who had already established themselves in that tribe. But I kind of feel like that happens anyway. Like the vampire players are still going to get the anointed deacons. Um, it, it's interesting though, cause you're right there, there were more build arounds in Ixalan where we complained about not having build arounds. I mean, it's true, right? There was the, there was favorable wins for flyers. If you wanted to try that, not that it was a good thing. There was obviously the Explorer sub theme in green, black, the wild um, growth Walker and Chupacabra. Those were cool. Yeah. And it was really cool. And I'm really sad that I don't get a lot of those cards. Um, but I mean, whatever, whatever. I'm not a magic designer. It's just something I was thinking about today. Um, yeah i don't know format's okay it is basic magic though i think i mentioned the other day where like if uh if if the quality of magic and you picture it in standard deviations it certainly falls in like the middle of the pack in one standard deviation i think it's it's not the worst draft format i've ever played and it's certainly not the best um but it's pretty average what's the worst draft format you've ever played uh the zendikar block the uh, battle for Zendikar block oath of the Gatewatch, I think was the one that I hated the most. Really? I hated oath. Wow. Just, I thought it was awful. Maybe it was just straight battle battle. I was also very bad at that format. 
Um, but I had no enjoyment. I don't remember if it was battle or if it was oath plus battle. Where's was every deck that beat you a black white vampires allies deck? I don't remember. Okay. I really don't. I actually really liked battle for Zendikar and oath. Mm. Uh, for me, I think the worst one was probably Avacyn restored. It just, cause everything was about like these combo creatures that pair together and then the, the removal was just awful. So somebody would slam, you know, a, a, two creatures that are locked together, each giving each other plus two, plus two. And it's just it's a huge thing on the board and you can't interact with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't really care for that unless you had the Mist Raven deck, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> Obviously my, like my favorite formats though, cons um, for sure. I actually really like Theros block too. Um, just triple Theros, I think was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but the reason I like cons so much, and this goes back to the skill expression is the, the morph play oh yeah and like and like being able to like bluff your opponent and i think cons was really the only block where you or where you could truly bluff reliably and consistently bluff with morphs and i really like that coming from a poker background um but like knowing what morphs were there what morphs your opponent could have the mana costs of the morphs um how your morphs matched up with them when to gamble when not to gamble am i okay making this trade am i not okay making this trade um, whereas I think the skill expression in this format in the game is, you know, my opponent's attacking with a two on menace. Do I double block it and eat a trick or do I just let it go and try to swing back and, and win a race? Like that's where I think the in-game trickery is, um, and, and trying to beat your opponent on the guessing game of, do they have it or not? And spoiler alert, they always have it. It seems they always have it. And they I never have it. have it. I never have it. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about aggro, but like one of the, one of the things that I found myself doing in this format is calling a lot, right? Like when my opponents will attack into me in what would normally be a trade uh, and they're playing aggro, which seems to be quite prevalent right now. I'm just throwing all my guys in front of it. It's like, look, you have, if you have a trick, you're not developing your board. That's fine. I'll get your guy later. But like, I can't take four damage a turn. I can't win this race. I'm just going to throw my guys in front of you and caution to the wind. Let's see if you have it. And they do always have it. Yeah, but like it's it's not good for you if you don't block because then they just play their raid creature like it, it's giving you this guessing game where all of like one of the guesses is catastrophic and you don't know which one it is. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a shell game with nuclear bombs. Exactly. That's a good way to describe it. It is. Whereas I'd prefer the other shell game where I'm a little in a little more control. Um, but I, I also like attacking in this format. So yeah but blocking is one of my favorite things to do like i don't play a lot of paper magic but some of my fondest memories of paper magic is when my opponent attacks with like a three three and i just put six creatures in front of it and you just see their jaw drop because like whatever it is they were going to do it's not going to work now and that's such a good feeling to be like yeah i can block with all of them that that is something that i can do here just everybody's dogpiling in front of this like, I love that. And uh, yeah. yeah, one of my favorite things to do in magic also related to blocking, but it's calling what my opponent will block instead of blocking myself. Mm-hmm. So I like lining up my attacks and saying, this is how they're going to block. And this is good or bad for me. And not having any creatures on my side of the board or having to hold back to block prevents me from doing that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah fair enough. But anyway, formats. Okay. For varying and, for varying definitions of okay. And and you were correct. Draft is a lot more fun than sealed yet again. Sealed just is, seems miserable to me right it, now. It it kind of is. Um which which sucks because I love sealed as a format. And like 
Amoncat and Hour of Devastation were both absolute joys to play sealed in. Like if there were sealed queues up, I would be playing those sealed queues right now. Um, but th- this is this is way better in draft than it is sealed. So I'm I'm gonna I'm still gonna be drafting. And for those interested in the stream, I'm still gonna be streaming some standard. Uh, we're gonna try out mono red tomorrow. Um, update on that. I tried out the black green constrictor deck. I didn't actually care for that. Not uh, your thing. It 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 was so dependent on drawing the constrictor or and or walking ballista. And it's like if if you could string that together. Walking Ballista is not a fair magic card. It's like the last good artifact left from Kaladesh that they haven't banned. And I kind of don't understand why it's just not in every deck. Because the games I won all involved something stupid with Walking Ballista. Uh, But it it just felt a little fragile. It's like they just kill one or two key pieces and you're kind of playing a bunch of clunky two and three drops. Yep. So I I, I didn't care for that one. We're going to try out Hazared next because I kind of like where that's going. And I I did have some success with Ramunap Red. But sorry to take us off track. Draft is good. I will be playing draft in this format. I'm going to avoid sealed except for uh, a couple PPTQs a week. Seems fair. One last comment, I think, on this format. I wonder if it would be better if there were more treasure. Sealed, particularly, because then you could play more colors. But there's not a lot of treasure. We, you know, we lost a lot of cards with treasure. We did, but we gained Traveler's Amulet and Evolving Wilds. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't found that playing what you want is actually the difficult portion in Sealed. I found that there's a, a pretty high variance in the pools, much like there has been in other other formats that were bomb heavy, mm-hmm. right? Like d- today, I opened a Sealed pool that had one of the new Hotleys hot, hot, hot in it. And it, it's not actually that great a card, and I ended up not being able to play green-white, even though I had an Evolving Wilds. And there were folks in chat saying, you know, just put a Plains in the Evolving Wilds and it'll be fine. I'm like, I don't even know that I want to play the card, and I certainly don't want to splash it off of two sources, because that just seems absurd to me. But at the same time, I've opened sealed pools that had a couple of Sailor of Memes and a Brazen Freebooter, and I'm like, you know what, we're going to play red-blue and we're just going to splash everything, and it's going to be fine. Like I've I've ended up with pools that are splashing three cards and not playing any basics of those colors. So there there can still be fun times like that. And those are interesting pools to me. They just don't pop up that often. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you know, Oh, my round one opponent today had a Tesla mock. It's like, Oh, well that's, that's cool. I'm not beating that. You know, you will open a pool like that once. I will. I will. Okay. I promise you that. I, I, I hope that I do. So if draft is better, do you want to do draft along? Yeah, let's do a draft along. Let's okay, do a draft along. So we're going to do your draft from today on stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, today being Thursday, the 1st of February. You can go back and watch it yourself if you like. Uh, it's about four hours into the video, but we're going to we're gonna basically go along most of these picks. Uh, keep out the, the inconsequential ones, the ones late in the pack, I think. And we'll see what kind of deck we end up with. Okay, so we've got Travis that was doing the draft. I'll also give my picks now while I'm not actually in it and I have a lot more time to think about it. And then we'll have Dave's picks. So we'll kind of have three actual piles that are going. So pack one, pick one. I'm going to read these off. It's okay to be a little bit disappointed. You're not going to open a great pack every time because this one was kind of a dud. Our rare is Dead Man's Chest, one in a black for an enchantment, enchant creature and opponent controls, 
When Enchanted Creature dies, exile cards equal to its power from the top of its owner's library. You may cast non-link cards from among them for as long as they remain exiled and blah, 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 blah. We've also got Arterial Flow, one black black for a mind rot and drain two if you have a vampire. See red, one in red for an enchant creature. It gets plus two, plus one, and first strike. Beginning of your instep, if you didn't attack with a creature this turn, sacrifice the enchantment. Stone Quarry, the tap land for red and white. Then we move on to the commons. I'm just going to read these out and assume you guys know what these do. Aggressive Urge, Brazen Freebooter, Colossal Dreadmaw, Fathom Fleet Border, Miscloaked Herald, Orazka Relic, Overgrown Armasaur, Shatter, Snubhorn Sentry, and Vampire Revenant. Uh, that is a dud of a pack. That is a real dud of a pack. All Which right. is actually quite freeing if you think about it, because whatever card you take here is going to have very little relevance on what card you take next. So I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I I prefer opening bombs, but to each their own. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd rather do that, but like it, it's liberating. That's all it's I'm li- saying. David of today takes uh, Colossal Dreadmaw out of this pack. Okay. Travis of then, and I think Travis of now too, is pretty happy with the Fathom Fleet border. Um, with the idea that just a three mana of three, three is going to be fine in any black deck. Um, Mm -hmm. even I've even played that in vampire decks and it's been serviceable. Um, but I, I, like, like I said, you can kind of take anything here Mm -hmm. and I, I think it'll be fine. That's fair. Um, I really like the colossal dread mod just because it's big keyword big. It is, it kind of has to go in a plan of like getting some ramp and having, you know, either treasures or or some way that you're actually going to be able to force this thing out. See, I disagree. I think it's like you're getting to six and seven sometimes um, as long as, as long as you have a way to deal with aggro. So that's the thing you kind of have to draft the yin and the yang. You have to draft two drops and six drops and then forget everything else in between, but you're not wrong. I mean, you could look for some, some, some ramp. Obviously it makes it better. Um, But these guys are great top decks late game. um, As long as you haven't died by like turn nine. Okay. That's fair. Let's move along to the next pick. Um, We've got Cherished Hatchling, which is one in a green for a 2-1. When it dies, you may cast dinosaur spells this turn as though they had flash. When you do, they gain fight when it enters the battlefield. Direfleet Neckbreaker, two black red for a 3-2 attacking pirates you control get plus two plus oh. Forerunner of the Coalition, two in a black for a 2-2 enters the battlefield search for a pirate put it on top. When you play a pirate, ping your opponent. Woodland Stream, which is the duel for blue and green. Colossal Dreadmaw, Dinosaur Hunter, Dusk Legion Zealot, Grasping Scoundrel, Hunt the Weak, Sailor of Memes, Snubhorn Sentry, Tialani's Crown, and Water Cannot. Mm-hmm. David of today is looking at Hunt the Weak, or sailor of means also water not, but I think I'd take hunt the week over water. Not. Okay. I can appreciate that pick. Um, what I was thinking here was that the neck breaker is kind of a build around. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have felt about the black red decks in particular is that they're really good. If you can get the build arounds, what I'm seeing as I'm looking back at this, cause Travis took the dire flight neck breaker is that I'm kind of setting myself up to get cut off in the next pack. By passing this foe runner of the coalition. Well, and the Dusk Legion Zealot too. 
Uh, a little bit. That's going to put somebody into black. Like the, That's one of the great things and terrible things about Dusk Legion Zealot, right? Is it says vampire on it, but every black deck is interested in it. Exactly. So you, you kind of get into a little bit of trouble there. But I, I took the neck breaker. I, I kind of don't hate myself for speculating there with the idea that maybe I can get into a powerful tribal deck. Um, I'm still not thinking I would ever first pick a Colossal Dread Maul, but that, that first pack really did suck. I mean, yeah, I mean, and that's fair. So looking at, I look at Hunt the Week because I picked the Dreadmaw um, and Hunt the Week is is fine in a format of three threes. Um, but I think, you know, after listening specifically to the Lord's Limited podcast and talking to a lot of people, I think Sailor of Means is probably the pick here. It it goes better with the Dreadmaw, I think, for me. Okay. Yeah, I think that's actually reasonable too. Okay. So pack three, pick one. We've got Nezhal Prime Tide Dinosaur. Uh, sorry, the whole card's not on there, but it, it has a lot of text. It's a very big, important name. Very bigly <laughs> Elder Dinosaur here. Uh, it's five blue-blue for a 7-7. Seven, seven. Can't be countered. You have no maximum hand size. When your opponent casts a non-creature spell, draw a card. You can discard three cards to blink it. We've got jung- Jungle Creeper, which is one black-green for a 3-3. Three, three. You may spend three black-green to return it from your graveyard to your hand. Majestic Helioptorus. Three and a white for a 2-2 flyer. When it attacks another target dinosaur you control, gets flying until end of turn. Canal Monitor, Gruesome Fate, Miscloaked Herald, Raska Relic, Plummet, Tealani's Crown, Traveler's Amulet, and Vampire Revenant. Yeesh. Um, I've never played with Nezahal, and it seems very, very good. But if I take it, I'm kind of locking myself into, now I have to ramp. Um... And double blue, double green is kind of difficult. Um, I I probably take it to try it. Don't have to play the Colossal. Um, I think it's good if you stick it. But I haven't played with it yet. so I, I have. Know. It's a little bit worse than a Colossal Dread Maul. Is it really? Yep. I guess because you just never have, the, never have a way to bounce it back. Oh, you do. The problem is they're not going to kill it with a spell. They're going to put a 4-4 four, four and a 3-3 three, three in front of it. You're probably going to get a two for one, but that's not good enough after you've, you know, survived, you know, till turn 10 when you can actually cast the darn thing. So I played it in both sealed and in draft and it's performed about where a colossal dread mall was. It was all right. I wasn't super happy about it. Okay. Um, I took, and I think I would still take the jungle creeper out of this pack with the idea that black green is pretty good. I don't have to play this Dire Fleet Neckbreaker. Like, there's no red card here. There's no real reason for me to go into red. And, like, a pair of three-mana three-threes in black-green is a, a pretty good start for me. Sure. I think honorable honorable mention to Traveler's Amulet as well. Take, yeah. take your fixing now and splash later. Yeah, because you can kind of do anything. If you've got a Dreadmaw, a Sailor of Memes, I would take the Traveler's Amulet. Uh, but I, I don't hate the idea of let's take a rare and try it. I just I haven't been super impressed with it. Sure. Yeah, so here's me picking that. All right. Got to find the right spot. <laughs> this is the problem with not having it on Fluey. Yeah, I should put them on Fluey. Okay, here we go for the next one. We've got Highland Lake, which is your tap land for blue and red. Mausoleum Harpy, four and a black for a 3-3 flyer with Ascend. If you have the blessing when another creature you control dies, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Divine Verdict. Dusk Legion Zealot, Martyr of Dusk, Araska Frillback, River Darter, 
Soul of the Rapids, Stampeding Horncrest, Strider Harnessed, and Swaggering Corsair. Mm, this is kind of a disappointing pack for me. I don't want to have to be forth picking Soul of the Rapids um, or the Frillback. Frillback is, I've been playing with that a little bit, trying to trying it out, and it's just not good at all. I've had uh, limited success with it. Um, it's good friends with cobbled wings and and anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had it in a deck with Galadia or whatever, the green one dinosaur that's like the 12 mana, 12, 12 trample, but it gets discounted. Like this is a great way to discount that. Sure. I wouldn't be happy to fourth pick it either, but I wasn't happy to first pick a fathom fleet border. No, um, I, I kind of like soul of the rapids. Um, although that has gone down from really liking it to kind of just okay. Um, Dusk Legion Zealot is interesting, but I think the black train is probably sailed by this point. Like I think might get cut in black if I take that, uh, coming back the other way. So probably take soul of the rapids and I'm kind of sad about it, to be honest. I think looking back, I probably should have taken the Dusk Legion Zealot where I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, Travis at the time took the swaggering Corsair with the idea that like, Hey, I've got the border. I've got the neck breaker. Let's go ahead and pick up another pirate and maybe see where this pirate train goes. But I think looking back, the zealot might've been safer because it, it still gives me the opportunity to play the neck breaker or the creeper or potentially all of them, you know, depending on how nuts I want to go is, is the martyr of dusk a signal that maybe we should be thinking about white? Uh, maybe there hasn't really been much white aside from this card though. Right. So the white has been pretty thin. Maybe this pack was just stacked in white. Like maybe there was a white rare, a white uncommon, and then like a black removal spell or something like that. Yeah, I suppose that's possible. It's it's kind of difficult to figure out so far exactly what people are doing. And I, I can tell like I'm debating this for a long time and trying to figure out exactly what I should take. And I, I really think it should have been the Zealot, but I took the Corsair. Yeah, I think in your position, you take the Zealot for sure. And like I said, I take the Soul of the Rapids and I have three blue cards and I'm not the happiest with the Soul. Okay. Okay. Next up, we've got Release to the Wind, uh, two and a blue for a complicated unsummon, uh, Brazen Freebooter, Divine Verdict, Evolving Wilds, Frilled Death Spitter, Grasping Scoundrel, Moment of Triumph, Overgrown Armasaur, Recover, and River Darter. Uh, so in my deck, I wish I'd taken black because Recover is very good. Um, I probably take the evolving wilds and I don't really know what my second color is yet. So are are you definitely green? No, I'm definitely blue right now. Right. I have, I have the dreadmaw. That's it. In green. Okay. So you, you have, you're looking to play the elder dinosaur. I think so. I have the sailor, the soul of the rapids, the elder dinosaur, and then maybe I'll get green. Who knows? But I kind of like the evolving wilds helps with the double blue. Okay. I took the Grasping Scoundrel with the idea that if if this pirate deck is going to come together, I've seen successful ones that had two or three Scoundrels, maybe one other one drop, and we're looking to enable Raid. Um, I, I don't think it's exactly the common creature I'm after, but with the cards I have so far, I actually really like that pick. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think the Corsair is, that, that you picked last one is not very good. So like if you had gone with the Zealot, you know, maybe you don't necessarily want the scoundrel here uh, to leave a jungle creeper option open instead of red. Um, I don't know. Scoundrel gets outclassed quite easily. So I'm not, I haven't been a big fan of it. I did play it in one or two decks um, and 
it was only like a one or two of, and it was really there just to get ascend, um, which is obviously where it's at its worst. Yeah. Um, well, I was a, it was an aristocrats deck, so I also wanted something to be able to sacrifice to a ruthless knave. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the the frilled death spitter to be honest. I know it's not a pirate, but it's kind of a pretty solid three drop that trades with a lot of things and deals your opponent damage at the same time. Did did you watch this draft on the stream or did you just come in while I was playing the games? I just came in when you were playing the games. Okay, you're you're going to see what happened. Um <laughs> you, I, I I didn't realize that you had not seen the entire draft. Mhm. So, okay. Um yeah, like I said, I take the Evolving Wilds, you take the Grasping Scoundrel, Scoundrel, and then you probably take the Scoundrel, even with Travis of today. Yeah, I think I still would, especially okay. with that Neg Breaker. Um, also, I know what's coming in Pack 3 and where the draft got screwed up, so I cannot do that this time. Um, this pack has Foe Runner of the Coalition, two and a black for a 2-2 human pirate, enters the battlefield, search your library for a pirate card, shuffle it, put it on top. Slippery Scoundrel, two and a blue for a 2-2 with Ascend. If you have the blessing, it's unblockable and has Hexproof. Guilt Grove Stalker, Orazka Raptor, Sailor of Memes, Stampeding Horncrest, Swaggering Corsair, Sworn Guardian, Traveler's Amulet. Sailor of Memes for me, and now I'm solidly blue. And I very clearly took the forerunner of the Coalition... With the idea that I now have two copies of my wonderful attacking pirate. Which is really where you want to be. Yes, I think that's exactly where I wanted to be with this deck so far. Um, And I feel like seeing one of those, this is fifth pick, means that I'm, I'm probably going in the right direction. Next pack has Woodland Stream. That's your duel again for green and blue. Dinosaur Hunter, Jadecraft Artisan, Miscloaked Herald, Recover, Secrets of the Golden City, Strider Harness, and Sun-Collared Raptor. Hmm. So if I'm drafting Mono Blue, Secrets of the Golden City seems pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Have you had good success with that card? I haven't gotten to play with it very much. I did face a sealed deck that was playing three of them, which I initially thought was a bit laughable until they cast the third one and drew three cards and buried me. Yeah. So like um, I, I think it's fine. It, all of the things we said about this is not divination still apply. But if you're heavy blue, yeah, it's divination at that point. Looking at the woodland stream, but I'm not seeing any green here at all. So like, what are the odds that I'm going to get green in pack two? And there has to be good green in pack two for me to want to be green at this point. Because um, I'm not going to see it in pack three. Yeah. So I think I take secrets and stay open. Yeah, and and that's actually a strategy that I can get behind too because the idea is you stay as mono blue as possible here and then next pack you can figure out what's open and take that. It might even be green. I obviously took the Dinosaur Hunter. It's a pirate that's also good against dinosaurs, right? So I I think we're going to be pretty happy with that. I really like Dinosaur Hunter. As a two-drop, I've been quite happy with it and the art's pretty cool too. Like he's got like this harpoon gun. I, I think I'm pretty happy with that. I agree. Next pack has Brazen Freebooter, Dinosaur Hunter, Jade Bearer, Recover, Sea Legs, Stampeding Horncrest, and a Sworn Guardian. I think now I probably branch out and either look at the Dinosaur Hunter or the Freebooter. You know, I haven't even been super happy with the Freebooter. No. Um, although, I guess if you're doing like blue red treasures, splash some things. That would in be your the spot, only thing. I, I might take Recover. Oh, recovery would be interesting too. 
Yeah. I, obviously, I took the Dinosaur Hunter because, again, we're just looking to, to stack pirates here. The next pack, um, which I think was our open, still has the Dead Man's Chest in it. Aggressive Urge, Brazen Freebooter, Orozco Relic, Shatter, and Revenant. Mm, I mean, I guess the, the Freebooter, right? For me. Yeah, and I ended up taking that too. I'm going to just skip through these and see if there were any more interesting picks or like picks that could be a guideline for us because I, I don't think the rest of these are, are particularly interesting. We're also getting to the point where the cards that you would have taken for your deck are beginning to influence the things that are spinning and people have around us. Yes. So the, the draft along gets a little more forced here. Yep. Um, I think the only thing of note... Here, let me fast forward just a little bit more. Yeah, there we go. The only thing of note was that I did pick up another Scoundrel. The Harpy that we saw earlier did, in fact, wheel. Oh, the five meta one. I kind of like that mm-hmm. card, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I ended up with a Recover, a Harpy, a Raptor, and one more Grasping Scoundrel for the deck I was drafting. Now, our next open is actually a really interesting pack to, to discuss that was kind of spoiled by a Mythic. So I want your pick and then the pick if the Mythic isn't here. Sure. Mythic was the Twilight Prophet. During the course of the games, I can confirm if you resolve this and they don't kill it, you will win. Just stick it and sit. Uh, it's two black black for a two four flying. If you have the blessing, you draw an extra card and drain them for its converted mana cost. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's great. There's also an, yet another foe runner of the coalition. Raging Regisaur. That's two green red for a four four when it attacks, deal one damage to target creature or player. Woodland Stream, Brazen Freebrooder, Divine Verdict, Impale, Jade Bearer, Jungleborn Pioneer, Moment of Triumph, Araska Raptor. Overgrown Armasaur, Sailor of Memes, and Suncrested Pterodon. So I have double Sailor of Memes, a five-drop Flyer, the seven-drop Elder Dino, a Colossal Dreadmaw, a Recover, maybe, and then a handful of, like, a couple of red cards. Maybe one red card, and then whatever I got on the wheel. Um, Man, if I ended up picking up any more green cards, I'd probably take the Jungleborn Pioneer. If I didn't, I'd probably take Impale. Okay. If, if the mythic isn't here, if, if the, the mythic, mythic isn't here, I'm taking okay. the mythic 100 of the time. Okay, good. Yeah, I would do that. Whatever color I was in, I would I would now be black if I opened this and had anything close to enough playables in another color to justify it. I I think the pirate deck I'm building would actually be more interested in the foe runner than mm-hmm. the impale, which is kind of bizarre. Um, and yet here we are, and yet here we are. So next pack has path of discovery. Three and a green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it explores. Seafloor Oracle, two blue blue uh, for two three merfolk. Whenever a merfolk you control deals damage to a player, draw a card. Another Jungle Creeper, Siren Reaver, three and a blue for a three two. If you have raid, it costs one less. Brazen Freebooter, Dead Eye Rig Hauler, Fanatical Firebrand, Hunt the Weak, Impale, Martyr of Dusk, Mist Cloaked Herald. Sailor of Memes and Sworn Guardian. That's an easy impale for me. Yeah, and it was an easy impale for me as well. Um, do you like that better than the Siren Reaver in your blue decks? If if I didn't take the Twilight Prophet? Yeah. I'd probably take the Siren Reaver. Like, if I don't know that I'm black, but I want to play the, the Twilight Prophet for sure. And I've got the treasures to help me out if, um, you know, if I need to spread out into a third color or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So if you need to splash something else to make playable, she can probably still make that happen. But I want to make that Twilight Prophet happen and playing more black cards will make that happen. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Next pack, we've got Famished Paladin. Um, I took the Impale as well. One in the white for a 3-3. Doesn't untap whenever you gain life, untap it. Swift Warden. One green green for a 3-3 with flash. When it enters the battlefield, Merfolk gains Hexproof. Buccaneer's Bravado. Colossal Dreadmaw. Crashing Tide. Divine Verdict. Fathom Fleet Border. Luminous Bonds. Plume. Raptor Companion. Soul of the Rapids. And Sworn Guardian. <sighs> so that's interesting for me. Um, because I really want to play Black. I really want to play black, um, but I'm not going to take the Fathom Fleet Border. Well, maybe I am. Actually, that might not be bad. I have no two drops. I think in your spot, the crash, the tide is reasonable too. Like I even am, if you don't have Murfolk, it's fine. I am looking at the crashing tide because it it kind of services as a two block that just gets blown up by a trick. Except you get a card out of it, and all my two drops get blown up by tricks anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think I take the crashing tide. I slam the Buccaneer's Bravado. Mm-hmm. That's really good in your deck. Yeah, I think it would be good in a pirate deck. Next pack uh, is a bit more of a challenge for me. We've got Everdon Champion, one white white for a 2-2, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to it. Raging Regisaur number two. Relentless Raptor, which is red white for a 3-3 Vigilance, attacks and blocks each combat. Brazen Freebooter, Canal Monitor, Fathom Fleet Border. Grasping Scoundrel, Hunt the Weak, Orask Relic, Shatter, and Suncrested Pterodon. So no blue cards for me. That Hunt the Weak is a little sad. I don't think I'm taking it here. I guess I probably just take the Fathom Fleet Border. It's a fine three drop. I got a lot of pirates. I'm not going to take damage off of that right now. Yeah. Um, and it's a reason to play black. Or it keeps me in black, I should say. Um, I could take Hunt the Weak, but... I really want to play these black cards and like, I'm not going to splash for doubles off of treasure and like one evolving wilds or whatever I have. Um, that, that's just recipe for disaster. So you can always splash the hunt, but I suppose you've already got a hunt the week that you could splash, right? Cause you took one second. So that's not a problem. Even without you having cut blue some in pack one, it's interesting to note. There's not many blue cards here. Not many blue cards. There's a lot of blue cards in the last pack, but not really this one. I took the grasping scoundrel um, with the idea that now I have my third. So I've, I've got like a decent chunk of one drops here. I think this is where I disagree with you the most. I think I probably would have take the fathom fleet border here instead. I, hmm. I know I, well, and, and the reason is, is that you're not getting any of the two one menace creatures, which I think are important in this style of deck more so than the one drops, which means I think that maybe you need to consider not necessarily being like, a hundred percent aggro like 10 out of 10 aggro and maybe dial it back a little bit and go for cards that are going to be like uh, a little bit better in the mid to late game so and i mean we, you know we talked about this before the stream but when i came in you were top decking one drops and i'm like you know that that sucks top decking this guy isn't the best but at least he blocks two ones mm-hmm. um or, or or like has the opportunity to trade with your opponent's four drop in the, in the mid to late game where these these one drops they if you're not attacking with them if they get shut down immediately they're awful and the three three at least can attack through more things or like force trades on more things um and it still plays well with the with the freebooter so uh or sorry the neck breaker so i think i probably take the the three drop here okay that's fair i wanted to see basically how far i could push this mm-hmm. having had the neck breaker mm-hmm. 
Um, so I, I was interested in trying that. Next pack has, and also by this point on the stream, we switched to Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack. Um, <laughs> Radiant Destiny, two and a white for an enchantment with a send. Uh, choose a creature type. Your dudes with that type get plus one, plus one. If you got to bless them, they got vigilance. Forerunner of the Empire, three and a red for a one, three. Search for a dino. When you play a dino, it pings everything. Dusk Legion Zealot, Gruesome Fate, Hardy Veteran, Mutiny, Overgrown Armosaur, Sea Legs, Sun Collared Raptor, and Traveler's Amulet. I'm probably taking the Zealot myself. Yep, you're slamming it. Solidly blue black now. Um, I took the Mutiny and was pretty happy about it because my removal suite now is basically Impale, Mutiny, and one Bravado. I Um, I think you need the removal, and especially in an aggressive deck, getting anything out of the way is good, right? Yeah, typically as long as you're removing something, I think you're pretty happy about it. I think Mutiny is actually overperformed for me. I know when I, we originally talked about it, it was like kill your opponent's second best creature. But with the lopsided toughnesses, like power to toughness ratios in this format, um, it can quite often kill your opponent's best thing. Yeah, and sometimes the, the you're taking out a flyer, which is something you couldn't handle otherwise, and you're really happy that you had a way to deal with it. Yeah, best is relative. Like you're taking out the thing that's worst for you. Yeah, which is yeah, absolutely. You, flyers, menace, unblockables, all those things. Something they put an enchantment on at times. Mm-hmm. I, I've had it in decks where I've pacified something huge and then top decked a mutiny later. And I'm like, you know what? That 6-6 six, six that you've got sitting over there, he has some thoughts about your 3-3 three, three flyer. Uh, a, and we're going to express them now. A pacifist mutineer? Exactly. Can you have a nonviolent mutiny? Apparently so. Apparently so. Okay. Uh, next pack has form of the dinosaur as our rare. Four red red for an enchantment. Your life total becomes 15 at the beginning of your upkeep. Deals 15 damage to target creature an opponent controls. That creature deals damage equal to its power to you. Majestic Helioptorus. Canal Monitor. Guilt Grove Stalker. Jade Bearer. Sailor of Memes. Slam. Yep. Shatter. Suncrested Pterodon and Tialani's Crown. I took the form of the dinosaur. Um, oddly enough, I had played against it in the PTQ and just beat the tar out of it by forcing them to fight the biggest things and just dealing multiple points of damage to them. I happened to know they had it because they revealed it off an explore card early in the game. And just the knowledge that they had that in their hand let me play around it to the point that I could beat it pretty easily. I did not end up playing it in this deck, although I think it might have been okay here. Might have been okay. There's really nothing else for you. Like, you don't have anything to abuse with Tinawali's Crown, especially with all your, like, your three one-drops. I've been pretty happy playing Tilani's Crown anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're, if like, if you're in an aggressive deck, you need bodies to put it on. And the fewer bodies you have to put it on, the worse that it gets. Yeah, that's fair. I, I've looked through, there's not really any interesting picks for either decks. Uh, you're getting a Sworn Guardian and a, another Soul of the Rapids. Now, um, pack three, pick one is where I lost this draft. And I think you'll understand why and how. So our rare is Vraska's contempt Two black black for an instant exile target creature or planeswalker. You gain two life mm-hmm. inspiring cleric two and a white for a three, two enters the battlefield. You gain four life raging sword tooth three green red for a five, five trample deals one damage to each other creature. When it enters the battlefield, Stormfleet Arsonist, five mana, four, four. If you have raided your opponent, sack something. 
Blightkeeper, Crushing Canopy, Deadeye Tormentor, Ixali's Keeper, Kanjali's Caller, Pirate's Cutlass, Sailor of Memes, Skullduggery, Tilani's Knight, and Tashana's Wayfinder. So, like, I, I, I probably just double-click Vraska's Contempt and don't think about anything else. But is, like, Skullduggery just better? No. You don't think if, so? If, if you're between those cards, you take the Vraska's Contempt. But I, Skullduggery, like, shuts down aggressive, like, starts just... It just brutalizes them. If your opponent goes the, the, what, one drop and then two drop, two one, and, and you play a blocker and Skullduggery and get both of those things next turn, um, which is possible, like, just wrecked it. And it's one mana. Like, Vraska's Contempt, you could be dead by the time you even get the mana to cast it. It's, I, it's, I think it's, it's, I still think it's Vraska's Contempt, but I think Skullduggery is that good in this format. For my deck, which of those two do you like? Uh, I mean, like I said, it's probably still Vraska's Contempt. But Trick like, question. Uh, Pirate's you, Cutlass. You wanted 100% to take hundred percent. The Pirates you wanted to Cutlass. take the Pirates Cutlass. I I think I still take Skullduggery over the Pirates Cutlass. To be honest, H- having played this deck, um, I w- I was able to pick up another Skullduggery later. Mm. It it didn't do what I needed done. Pirates Cutlass is exactly what this deck needed. Mm-hmm. I, I hovered over it. I clicked it. I'm dragging it down, and some jerk typed E Price Vraska's Contempt in my chat. That's when I was like. I'm not passing a $5 bill. I'm just not doing it. Like drafting isn't free, but at, I'm telling you pirates cutlass is, is where this went off the rails. Cause that would have been so good at any point when I drew Vraska's contempt pirates cutlass would have been better because it functionally kills their creature. Cause it's no longer blocking the pirate. That was the problem. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just didn't need that. So I honestly think this is where the draft, the, the draft problem happened. Um, I think if I snuck a Pirate's Cutlass in this deck, I'd have been pretty darn happy with it. Because it, I'm skipping ahead just a little bit. Let me let me find the right spot. Because I I like the deck came together in this pack, um, and I, I'll brag about that a little bit. But that that that's the big thing here. Like re, the removal is kind of replaceable. I've got Impale, which is functionally a very similar card to Vraska's Contempt. It doesn't exile it. It's not instant speed. I understand what the problems are, but like. I can handle random big dumb creature. I think that's kind of why I was looking at the Skullduggery over the Vraska's Contempt because I would have two Impales. Would I have two Impales right now or just one? I don't remember. But like, and Skullduggery is like a very like specific card against aggro, I think. It's like you're pre-sideboarding against it and it's good in other matchups too. Um, And there's been a lot of turns where it's just like my opponent goes like, you know, one drop, two drop, three drop, bounce your thing on turn four, and it's like, well, what can I do? I can either replay my three drop, or I can Vraska's Contempt something. Although, Skullduggery does have the downside of you do have to have a creature to use it, so it's... It can be fragile there, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next pack is Deathless Ancient, Heartless Pillage, Slice in Twain, Cobbled Wings, two, a a two-pack of Crash the Ramparts, Desperate Castaways, Fathom Fleet Firebrand, Siren's Ruse, Spell Pierce, Spreading Rot, Suncrown Hunters, and Unknown Shores. I think I take Deathless Agent for my deck as a one mana more expensive air elemental. It's either that or the Castaways for you, just so you have some two drops. I I think I'm short on two drops, so Castaways is a really good two drop for that. 
Yeah, it's it's something that can block, and you've got a couple treasure producers that you can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got like three Sailor of Memes at this point, so it will yep. eventually be able to attack. I pretty obviously slammed the Fathom Fleet Firebrand. Can confirm it is still just as good as it was in the past. Um, I think I killed somebody from 14 with it during that draft. Uh, the next pack, I want you to get in the mindset of my deck. Because uh, yes. this was a, a pick I was actually interested in. We've got Elaborate Fire Cannon, Rigging Runner, River Snake, Costly Plunder, Deep Root Warrior, Demolish, Legion Conquistadork, Looming Altasaur, Queen's Bay Soldier, Sky March Bloodletter, Vampire Zeal, and Windstrider. So you're thinking Sky March, uh, the, the 2 2 Vampire, or the one mana red pirate right those are the two you're thinking of Mm -hmm. um it's tough right like you've got so many one drops that that pirate probably does get better it's probably like a two mana two two first striker um but the two two flyer is also very good it's like two two menace in your deck which again you don't have any menace um and i think the invasion is important in a deck like this and without it um you know you're just you're just at the mercy of two ones that can't attack anymore um, I, I think, I think you probably take the pirate though. I ended up taking the pirate. I, I, I agonized over this one a little bit because I, I think the blood letters just probably better because of the evasion, but I, I, I yeah. I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent sure on that one. Like my deck at this point has three, one drops, three, two drops, three, three drops, three, four drops and one five. I picked up a charging Tuscadon late. Um, but I, I did end up taking the cheap pirate and we're getting close to the end of, of like the relevant picks. Um, the next pack has Dark Nourishment, Perilous Voyage, Raider's Wake, um, March of the Drown, and kind of nothing. So I, t- I took like the Dark Nourishment. Yeah, I'm either taking, I might take the Strider as having, like I don't have a lot of flyers, although Perilous Voyage is interesting too against uh, aggressive decks. Set him back a turn, get a, get a, get a scry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably, probably Perilous Voyage. Okay. Um, and I think that's kind of the end of the like exciting picks here. Sure. Um, I picked up a nest robber as another two drop. And I think I got a deck that I was overall very happy with the, I did also pick up a skullduggery, the one that we opened wield and I picked up a cobbled wings for the deck that I was playing. And at the end of it, if I could have traded in that Vraska's contempt for a pirate's cutlass, the deck would have been infinitely better. Um, well, it, well, it turns, it turns your scoundrels into, to better cards late game. If you yeah. have a pirate's cutlass, right? And I and I think so. And I was bugging you about it on on in your stream today in your chat, but uh, but I really do think that like like yeah, the, the scoundrels are one drops and they're aggressive. Um, but I, I think in this deck without those menace creatures or without something with evasion to get extra damage through, whether it be late game uh, or mid game or even just the early game, um, I I think this deck has potential to run out of gas very easily. This, mm-hmm. this deck being the deck that you drafted, right? Like those two ones, they get shut down by anything with three toughness. And I mean, of course, your opponent's going to like the people that are playing against you are going to have three, four tricks, removal spells, all that kind of stuff. Um, but in your deck, you have you have one, right? You have Buccaneers Bravado, not even a sure strike or anything like that. So it's like it's easy have, to get shut down by these things. I guess a Skullduggery too. I, I do. I also have the Cobbled Wings. Um Oh, you ended up getting a cobbled wings. Okay. Yeah. So we picked up a cobbled wings that we played and we also had the neck breaker and the, uh, foe runner to go find it. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the idea is yes, they're going to get shut down, but eventually they'll be able to trade through those things. 
And honestly, my losses with this deck weren't due to top decking that, although that did happen at a point that you tuned in. Like a lot of my losses to it were like I I drew two lands and then like I had two lands, a two drop and a three drop. And like, that's the challenges where you'll get those. There were others where I had a great hand as long as I draw a swamp. Mm-hmm. And and then I didn't. That's true. Um, I kept a two-lander at one point and ended up discarding the hand size. And I I think some of what I was dealing with is like a deck that's looking to be this aggressive probably has to mulligan a little more than I'm comfortable with. Yeah, I, I, mentioned, I mentioned that too in your chat where I think you have to aggressively mulligan with these. I, I don't know that I like the word aggressively mulligan because like more aggressive than you normally do like aggressive for you aggressive for me might be a better way to phrase it you may have to mulligan with these decks whereas with any other limited deck there's just no reason to mulligan ever because that's just throwing away value yeah a little bit of hyperbole there little little bit um yeah i mean if you had to rate this aggressive deck where 10 out of 10 is the best aggressive deck in the format and one is like a mid-range deck like, where does it fall on that scale? I know you don't like rating things, but I, I think I have a point here. Like, where where does this fit? Like, is it is it a 5 out of 10? Is it, like, like half of oh, a no, really no, good... Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's it, better than that. It's, it's, it's at least an, it's at least a 7.5 to an 8. Okay. It's it's probably an 8.5 if I can make that swap for the Pirates Cutlass. Sure. Okay, and, and that's fair. So, like... The, the, and then this is the problem that I think I have with aggressive decks, period. I mean, we've talked about this before, uh, whether they be on, on podcast or not, is that unless it's a 10 out of 10, right? So, so this deck is going to lose to decks that are more aggressive than it, right? There is no deck more aggressive than this one in the format. Than this, there absolutely is. The, if you had, if, if all your two drops, if your three two drops were two unmenaced creatures instead, or you swapped the charging, well, maybe not the charging Tuscadon. Let's say you swapped a Brazen Freebooter, so a three drop or a four drop, uh, and your Corsair. No, maybe not. No, I think even the Corsair for the two one menaces or some other kind of evasion, right? Like like the like a two two flyer or something like that. Something that you can plunk through a, more damage more consistently, I think is I think is a deck better than this. And I've seen that. You didn't see a single two one menace in this, like in this draft. You're, you're correct, but like that version of the aggro deck isn't functionally going to be able to race this one. I think I think it does. I think it gives you a run for your money. I think it puts you on the back foot and forces you to start making decisions about whether you want to block or not. Um I'm but- getting two ones for one mana and they're getting two ones for two mana that are hard to block, which is great because I don't want to block. But I'm assuming that they also have the one drops like you, right? I'm saying like if you take your deck and you add a bunch of two ones with Menace, this your deck is much better, I think. Yeah, okay. Right? I can much, argue with you much there. Much more aggressive, right? And I have seen that deck a lot in this format where they go sure. one drop Menace or they go Menace, Menace. And you're like, well, I can just never block this thing, right? Yeah, um, okay. And you, and you toss in an extra Buccaneers bravado and all of a sudden like it's going, right? So what I'm saying is like you're not quite the best aggro deck here. Agreed. Okay, and then, I can go with that. So, so, so you lose to the decks that are more aggressive. And then you're going to lose to any kind of deck with like a sailor of means. I'm still going to take some, issue with you lose some of the to the time. decks that are more aggressive because if both of us are looking to race, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter whether I have the two one menace or not. Because if, if they're attacking me with theirs, I'm not going to block it. And then if I'm attacking with a two drop, like it, it kind of doesn't matter whether that's hard for them to block or not. We're both going to be racing each other. Well, at some point you have to decide who's the beatdown. Yeah, and you, and you always have to be be the beatdown. You cannot be you cannot not be the beatdown, right? And that's what I'm saying. So if the opponent 
is faster than you and they're on the let's i mean let's just say they're on the play um and there's a point where you have to stop stop and say i have to block now your deck does not do that very well no it, it just it scoops up the cards at that point and 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 that's and that's where i think where i'm going with this right so like i think unless you're like and this is as close to being as all in i think as you can get and and not being over that like not being perfect yeah um but you know this just goes to show that unless you're super committed to it like you just end up with a not a great deck at all and i mean this is this is a good deck if if you if you rated the seven and a half seven and a half out of ten for aggressive like that's good that's that should win you some games right you should probably go two one but like if you're any less than this like what can you beat you can't beat anything you can't beat the decks that are more aggressive than you and you can't beat the decks that are more mid-range than you yeah so unless you overcommit, and, and i think that's the problem it's like a gamble in in limited in general right is you go all the ones and all the twos and you're like i can't lose unless my opponent plays a one four and then i lose right so it's um it's a risk and i think that's why a lot of people are like against playing aggro in this format and why people are drafting lots of sideboard hate for aggro you know you just get blown up by dual shot well so does the the nut 10 out of 10 aggro deck it also gets blown up by dual shot right but it's yeah it's like a paper rock scissors format which is kind of cool um you know aggro beats cards that can't block or uh, decks that can't block things and then you know mid-range beats maybe sailor of means and then sailor of means just whatever doesn't care it casts seven seven elder dinosaurs yeah yeah i i I think there's some play to it i i and I, i did enjoy playing that deck it was interesting seeing the things come together like when i was able to go turn one uh, grasping scoundrel on the play, it felt amazing because there was a two drop to follow it up with, and then a three drop with raid. The deck eventually ended up with a dead eye plunderer as well, and like that, I, I had a game. Uh, I won this one. Spoiler alert: went scoundrel, dinosaur hunter, dead eye plunderer, um, untapped and impaled a blocker, and then my next play was attack arsonist. And like at, at that point, they had four lands in play and sacked one. It was like, I'm, they scooped. That was great. That is, that is pretty good. But it's like, it's a very curve dependent deck. If you don't curve out with it, it doesn't work. And I I think that's one area where I probably screwed that up as I needed to be more willing to mulligan. Mm. Because like my opening hand only matters is how fast can I deploy my threats? And if the answer isn't right now, you got to send it back. Yeah. Okay. That was fun. Um, and I'm maybe I'm I also might be a little tainted by the time we drafted Black Red on your stream and it was awful too. Yeah, and there's been people saying that Black Red is the worst. It actually reminds me a little bit, I think, of Green in Battle for Zendikar, and that Green wasn't entirely unplayable. The idea was you shouldn't draft it unless you got the uncommons that made it good. Because mm-hmm. Green was very synergistic there and there were some uncommons that were great, but if you went into green for other cards and then didn't get past those, it kind of sucked. And I think Black Red may suffer from that. The, the key difference for me here was I had the uncommons. I, I don't think I ever actually drew the pirate uh, that buffs things when they attack or the thing to go search for it. And drawing those would have made the deck seem a lot better. That's some that's some awful variance right there. At last comment for me is I think this deck or this deck in this format would be much better if you had the opportunity to draft two bracks of freebooters, the, the, the two, two for two that pumps instead yeah. of uh the the two one menace right so if you if you had nothing or the opportunity to draft a bunch of those two twos at common instead and then pick up the occasional two one menace um 
I think I think this deck is way more consistent because those things can trade up. Yeah, and the the the, the Fathom Fleet Firebrand was absolutely fantastic in this deck. That's a good point that like red has gotten a little bit worse with the menace dudes because the firebrands are so good. Yeah, that's the aggressive card you want, right? You punish your opponents when they can't block and then you punish them when they do. Always yeah. trades up. So mm-hmm. maybe that's And then the if they don't want to block, it's like, great, take some damage. Take some damage and I'll still cast something. Mm-hmm. Well, that was fun. We should do that more often. Yeah, I agree. Let's, let's plan on another one before this format's out. That sounds great. Okay. I think we're going to wrap the podcast up there. Uh, homework this week, go out and draft sailor of means because <laughs> yes. everybody's doing it it's the cool thing to do now it is the cool thing to do uh once again thanks to mana deprived and face to face games.com for the host travis where can they catch you on your stream this week you can find me at twitch.tv slash simulan where i will be drafting rivals not playing sealed and uh playing some standard mono red is on the docket for tomorrow outstanding i'm at twitch.tv slash d civilian and twitter the same uh You'll catch me streaming hopefully this weekend. So if this goes up on Friday, which it should. Maybe we'll see you on Sunday. Once again, thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. Aloha.